0: Okay, so yesterday I talked about what's happening in Scottsdale, Arizona and the satanic temple gathering together Um, and I went into some detail what their intent is, what our response should be, but you know I think upon reflecting upon that I should have stressed more that remember and I did say yesterday that we need to first make reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, then we need to pray for their forgiveness, but then also, uh, because the Lord forgive them, they know not what they do and uh, for their conversion. But I think what I didn't stress enough was, this has got to all be done in love. It is not going to help, same with a lady walking into an abortion clinic. It's not gonna help to yell at them, to scream at them, to condemn them. It's the same with the Satanists. It's not gonna help to yell at them, to scream at them, to condemn them. We can and should condemn the ideology. We judge the action, but not the person. We don't do that, that's God's job. But it all has to be done in love. And the reason why I bring that up is because today is a day of love. Growing up, I remember in grade school, the big event, one of the big events of the year was Valentine's Day because you brought in your Valentine cards and remember those hard, rock hard heart candies with the little expressions on them. Um, my favorite was the yellow, you know, so, <laughs> so and um and it was a day of love. Today is St. Valentine's Day. Now, St. Valentine is no longer on the church calendar. Um, it's an interesting story. So was he real? Who is he? And why do we pseudo-celebrate it? We don't celebrate it in the sense liturgically anymore. He's been removed from the calendar. But let us look. Um, he really did exist. Um, archaeologists now have unearthed the Roman catacomb And an ancient church dedicated to St. Valentine. So I think maybe we were a little hasty in removing him, kind of like St. Christopher being removed. But he's not kept on the calendar of saints after 1969 because very little is known of him. And in fact, there may have even been three Valentines. So remember when you were grade school, everybody was your Valentine, right? <laughs> so you may have had three Valentines. Um, but he's still in the Roman martyology, uh, martyrology. This is interesting. That's the official list of saints in the Catholic Church. Now, we can't celebrate them all. They, all, they can't all have feast days because there's thousands of them. So we can't celebrate every one of them in the Roman martyrology, because there's too many, and he's still on that list. So that allows me to talk about him. Father, why are you talking about so he's been removed from the list? He's only been removed from the daily calendar. He's not been removed from the Roman martyrology. Now, legend says that Valentine refused to sacrifice to pagan gods in ancient Rome. Kind of interesting. And then he was imprisoned for that, And he began to to preach in prison. I still think those days are coming. Uh, But his faith was put to the test when he was challenged by one of the judges that was in Rome to heal his blind daughter. If this Jesus guy of yours is who you say he is, then by him heal my daughter. So he was challenged. And he prayed for her through Jesus Christ, and she was healed. She was healed of her blindness, just like Jesus healed the blind man. Now, this judge, Asterius, was humbled, and he then listened to Valentine. Valentine requested that he turn away from his paganism, and what this judge did is he broke all the idols that he had in his house, This judge, Asterius, he then fasted for three days and became baptized. And what's interesting is he baptized not just himself, but his entire family of 44 people, including infants. Including infants. So this faithful judge then freed all of the Christian inmates from prison. That's evangelization. So anyway, St. Valentine was later then, <laughs> sometimes we can't help getting in trouble, right, preaching the gospel of Christ. He later was arrested again for continuing to try to convert people to Christianity there in Rome. And he was sent to Rome then again under the emperor, now Claudius. And there he was in trouble again, but he still aided Christians that were being persecuted by Claudius. So here he is trying to convert people, and then he's taking people who were being persecuted by Claudius, and he's helping them. So this was a serious crime. And so Valentine, he tried to convince Claudius of Christianity, like he did the judge, but this time it didn't work. Sometimes our Lord allows it to work. sometimes our Lord doesn't. There's reasons. Now, what happened was this emperor became enraged, right? And he sentenced Valentine to death, commanding him to renounce his faith or he will be killed. God bless our martyrs. Remember, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And he didn't renounce his faith. I'm telling you again, I think those times are coming. And he didn't. He didn't renounce his faith so he was beaten with clubs and beheaded heading just seemed to be a real common way of martyrdom so on february the 14th in year 269 he died but before he died he left a little girl that he had healed a note and on it he signed your valentine And that's how the tradition of Be My Valentine got started. Only in our Catholic faith do we have such awesome, rich tradition. So now he's the patron of love. Let's pray for what's going on in Arizona out of love. Young people and happy marriages. So if you know young married couples, this is a good one. And then finally about him during the Middle Ages, it was believed that birds chose their mates in mid-February. Happened to be the same mid-February when he died. So this was associated with the romance, with romance, and with Valentine because he secretly married Christians when he was in prison. So if this is when they believe birds chose their mates, they thought of Valentine because he was, matchmaking choosing people with their mates so he gave his life fighting against these pagan gods um, different in a way from us today but still the same point um, we're required and will be required to do even more of that um, you know the bible talks about a great apostasy before the end times where so many will fall away from their faith again i think we're seeing that and then finally i just want to say a couple of quick words on the saints that are on the daily church calendar, as well as the martyrology, and that is Cyril and Methodius. This is very important. That's why I'm in white. They paved the way for Christianity through Eastern Europe, the bedrock of faith, and one in jeopardy now of being overrun. Um, At the time, it was pagan, and they created the Cyrillic alphabet, Cyril did, It's a Slavic alphabet to translate the Bible for the Slavic peoples. Now, you might just be yawning right now, but this is incredibly important here. They arrived in 863 in Moravia. It's where my grandpa's from. My grandpa was born in Moravia on my mom's side. So I'm Czech on my mom's side. I'm Croatian on my dad's side, both Slavic peoples. So this is a special day. Now. This here is where he began Cyril to translate the liturgy into Slavic. Now notice what I just said there. A lot of people are upset when Vatican II put the liturgy into the vernacular. When they put it into English in the United States, into French in France. Into Portuguese in Portugal. They were upset. This is not tradition. Actually, Methodius, way back, well over a thousand years ago, said the Mass in the vernacular, did baptism in the vernacular, said the Mass in the Slavic tongue. That is tradition, actually. Kind of ironic, isn't it? Interesting. In the East, it was normal procedure to translate the the liturgy into the vernacular. That is what a lot of people, I don't think, understand today. Now, does that mean I'm against the traditional Latin Of course. I'm planning on learning it. I'm planning on celebrating it. I love it, and I think its reverence is incredible but i'm also not condemning the nova sordo mass because the church gives us the mass in both beautiful forms that's the hermeneutic of continuity what pope benedict stressed so let's be a little careful before we condemn the church in vatican ii for putting the mass in the vernacular this was done over a thousand years ago way before the trinitine mass way before that form that we associate with Trent. Very interesting. Doing this after Vatican II was actually an ancient tradition in the church. Again, Cyril Methodius saying the Mass in the Slavic tongue, in the vernacular, is not something new after Vatican II. So something important to keep in mind. So finally, they were honored by both the West, the Roman Catholics, and the Eastern Orthodox, the Christians for converting many pagans. All right. We need to do this, but they're an example for us to do this today. We need to do the same thing. But I think in one way we have a bigger challenge. People will be like, wow, you couldn't get a bigger challenge in doing that back then. I think actually we have a bigger challenge. You know why? Because most pagans back then had some religious sensibility. They either believed in the moon god or the sun god. Yeah, it was still pagan. But they had some sense of the supernatural. Some sense. Even if it was a moon god, small g, totally pagan, totally wrong. But they had some sense of religious, of supernatural. A bullet was wrong. Today, we have none. And we have our work cut out for us. And what I mean by none isn't, of course, everybody, or else you and I wouldn't be here. But I mean society. We're not even allowed to say the name Jesus in public. Heaven forbid that there's a cross in a Catholic college that they got to remove because it'll offend somebody. That's insane. And so looking at our world, I think we're worse. We have a harder job. Cyril knew that the key was to convert. You know, he ended up dying on February 14th, just like Valentine. Valentine died on February 14th, 269. Cyril died on February 14th, 869. Exactly 600 years later to the day. Exactly. That's beautiful. And so John Paul, too, called patrons, the uh, Cyril and Methodius, as patrons of all of Europe, along with St. Benedict. Wow. Europe needs a lot of prayers right now. We all do. But this is a great time to pray, and especially, why? Because Cyril and Methodius are the patrons of the Slavic people. Now you might ask, Father, who are the Slavic people? Were they the Polish, the Czech, like my mom's side, the Croatian, my dad's side? But you know who also they are? The Russians and the Ukrainians. The Russians and the Ukrainians are Slavic peoples. So what better day today with this escalating news of Russian troops amassing on the borders with a potential invasion? Some people go so far as saying it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of only when there will be an invasion. Well, I look at it this way. Throughout our history, prophecy and private revelation has said that nothing is written in stone other than scripture that can't be changed with prayer. So even though the news media is telling us there's no way to avoid an invasion of Russia, now of the Ukraine, doggone it, Cyril and Methodius can stop it. The point is, we gotta invoke their intercession. If we don't ask for them to intercede, if we don't pray to them or no, for them to intercede, then they have no power in this situation. It's up to us. St. Cyril, St. Methodius, the patron of the Slavic people, don't forget the Russians and the Ukrainians. Let us have peace help us intercede at the throne of God to bring peace in Europe.
1: Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org.